since three weeks? One month ago, I think. Okay, one month. And uh, so we can find out a little bit more about what Christina does. She's got to give us a seminar today on wireless chat, or wireless uh, multi-channel Mac protocols for wireless internet. Okay, so more or less everyone here already knows me. I came one month ago from uh, Barcelona. I was doing the, there my PhD that I finished last year. And in my PhD, I was working on medium access control protocol for wireless sensor networks. The main idea then was to try to make the network uh, react to instantaneous increases of the network load. And then I started working on multi-channel MAC protocols. And here I'm going to work a little bit on this part. I'm also going to be involved in the frame project, in the interference management part. And I am, I'm also interested in trying to reduce the energy consumption of A22.11. So this is mainly what I'm, I'm going to do now. But today I'm going to focus on this part, on the multi-channel MAC protocols for wireless sensor networks. I will try to make a very general uh, presentation so everyone here can follow it. But then if you have uh, questions or comments more detailed we can talk afterwards. So I will start by uh, making a very brief introduction about wireless sensor networks. I'm very sure that you already know what they are. I'm going to talk about the medium access control protocol in, this, in these networks, which are the main challenges there, which are the main protocols that we have. And then I'm going to talk about multi-channel operation, so why we want to provide them with multi-channel uh, operation in this kind of networks. And then I'm going to talk about the challenges there also. I'm going to just overview some of the most important protocols there. And then I'm going to explain uh, the idea that we have now in mind. Okay? I'm going to describe it uh, in a very general manner. And then I'm going to talk about the first step that we are making now and the first results. Okay? So the main idea at the end is to provide this multi-channel operation in sensor networks, but we are just starting with this new idea, so we have reduced the problem a little bit, so don't expect too much from the results part now. Okay, so just regarding wireless sensor networks, okay, you just have a group of sensor nodes that are deployed in a certain area, and they, they want to communicate to a central unit that is normally called SYNC. Okay, and in these networks we have different types of traffic profiles. We can have, for instance, periodic messages in which the sensor nodes are sending periodic data to the sink. So for instance, if we deploy a sensor network in a forest, we want to send the temperature message measurements periodically to the sink. But we can also have event-based messages. So imagine that there is a fire taking place in the forest. So this, these nodes that are surrounding it want to communicate as soon as possible to the central unit. And we can also have query-based traffic profiles in which the sink asks something to the network. So for instance, I want to know in which areas the temperature has surpassed a given threshold. Okay? So you can see that these traffic profiles are very different from what we have in traditional networks. Okay? We don't have this kind of uh, traffic in other kind of networks. But here, this traffic is very related to sensor networks. But it's not only about the traffic. It's also other uh, characteristics of this kind of networks that are very different from traditional networks. One of them is that they are very application dependent. So these traffic that we have really depend on the kind of application that I have. Mainly I would just want to collect periodic measurements or mainly I'm just inter interested in event data, whatever. But then all the other characteristics also depend on the application. One of the most important things here is that 
when we thought about uh, wireless sensor networks, what we want to have is a very large deployment with several nodes there. So we want to maintain the cost of the sensor devices very low. And this at the end is translated in that we need very small and cheap devices. So we, need, we have devices with very low capabilities. So we have low memory, low processing power, low transmission power, etc. And we always thought about them being deployed in very difficult to access places. Okay, so we just put the sensor nodes with a battery and we assume that we cannot go there and change the battery. So what we need to do is to reduce the energy consumption as much as possible, okay, to maximize the network lifetime. So this, in, this is in which we are more interested in the MAC layer. Why? Because the MAC layer is the one that changes the operation of the transceiver and the transceiver is the most consuming component in a sensor node. So the MAC layer plays a very important role in this kind of networks. Normally what we have is we can, be, we can have the transceiver into transmitter mode, reception, idle mode, or the sleeping mode. And of course, the sleeping mode is, is the, preferred, the preferred one. So we want to put the transceiver into sleep mode as much as possible. And this is the role of the MAC layer. But of course, if we have the, transmitter, uh, the transceiver into a sleep mode, the sensor node cannot transmit anything. But that's not really a problem, because if I want to transmit something, I just make uh, the transceiver active, and then I transmit. The problem is in the receiving size, side. Sorry. So if I want to receive something, I have to put the transmitter into uh, uh, active mode, but uh, how can I know that I need to receive something? So this is the main problem in this kind of networks, and it's what is called rendezvous. Okay? We have to coordinate sensor nodes to be awake at the same time to communicate, transmitter and the receiver. Uh, okay, so I'm going to overview now some of the MAC protocols that are defined for these kind of networks, but they are not the most important or the more relevant or a very big overview. It's just to make you able to understand our proposal. Okay? So, in fact, there are a lot of MAC protocols already defined for these kind of networks. So this is one of them, and it's one of the most successful, one of the most well-known protocols, and it's called preamble sampling. And here, it's completely asynchronous. What we have is sensor nodes just waking up and sleeping periodically. So you can see here, I wake up, I see that there is nothing on the channel, so I return immediately to sleep. The good thing here is that this time is very, very short. In wireless sensor networks, very short can vary, so here we, we are talking about two milliseconds. And then I just return to sleep. But if I wake up and I detect something, I will remain awake. So if I want to transmit, I have just to send a very long preamble that overlaps with the channel sampling time. And then after that, I send the data. Okay, so I'm assuring that when I want to send the data, the receiver will be awake. You can see here that it's not very efficient. I'm sending a very long preamble, but sometimes in wireless sensor networks, it's not so important to be efficient or not. It's more about trying to reduce energy consumption. This kind of protocol is very good when we have very low traffic loads because this time here is very short. Okay? But then it's not efficient also from the point of view of the energy consumption because I have to transmit this very long preamble and it has to be received also. So there is a very successful extension to this protocol that is called a scheduled channel pooling, SCP-MAC. 
And here what we do is, okay, so let's try to coordinate the sensor nodes to wake up more or less at the same moment. Okay? With more or less, I mean that okay, we have not very good drift, uh, clocks in the sensor devices, so more or less means accounting for the clock drift. So we make all of them wake up more or less at the same moment. And then if I want to transmit something, I just send what is called here a tone, that is the same than the long preamble, but just to account for the clock drift. Okay? So this length here can be very reduced. And then after that, I send the data. So a sensor node is doing the same. It just samples the channel, more or less here, and then it detects that there is activity, it remains awake. So this protocol, in fact, uh, is making a very good work trying to reduce the energy consumption because the tone here is very short, okay? And this time, it's also very short because it's the same than before. And then we have a very different, well, it's not so different. In fact, it's more or less the same, but the other way around. It's the receiver-initiated approaches. Here, the most important one is uh, RIMAC. And it's also asynchronous, so everyone is waking up and sleeping independently of the others. But here the difference is that when we wake up, instead of sampling the channel, I send a beacon. So I'm informing the other nodes that I'm awake. So to transmit, what I have to do is just listen to the channel until I receive the beacon. And then after that, the transmitter is able to know that I'm awake, so it sends the data and the data is correctly received. So this is the main idea. It's like the other, but the other way around. So let's move now to multi-channel operations. So why we want to have multi-channel operation in this kind of networks? So as I told you, sensor nodes are very limited devices. They transmit at very low powers, because transmitting at lower powers means that we can reduce the energy consumed transmitting. But this means that they are more affected by interference, by hidden terminals, by propagation impairments, etc. And it's already crowded now, the ISM band, but it's expected to be more crowded in the future. So we think that here there is a problem for this kind of networks. So at the end, it also means that if we are able to coordinate sensor nodes to wake up in the best channel to communicate, we are going to reduce the number of retransmissions. So this means that we are going to reduce the delay but also we are going to decrease the energy consumption by every packet that we transmit successfully. So we think it's a good idea to make the sensor nodes capable of selecting the best channel to communicate. But of course there is a lot of challenges here. One of them is that, okay, still we have to keep in mind that energy consumption is very important. It's okay to define different channels and to select the best ones to communicate, but we have everything, everything that we define for sensor networks have to have in mind the energy consumption. And then there is also an issue with simplicity. We can define very beautiful algorithms that can, very, that can work very well, but they must be simple because sensor nodes cannot execute very complicated algorithms. Okay? So we have to make very simple operations in sensor nodes. Then we have to consider also that in this kind of, uh, when we have multi-channel operation in these networks, we will face different types of hidden terminal problems. The normal one, that is due to coverage, okay, I'm transmitting to a node and then there is another node that I cannot sense that is interfering in that communication. 
But we also have what is called multi-channel and duty cycle hidden problems. Okay, I'm just changing the channel, I try to transmit, but I'm interfering someone that is already transmitting there. And with the duty cycle is the same. Okay, if I'm sleeping, I just wake up, try to transmit, and then it results that I'm interfering someone that has started the transmission before. So they are also called hidden terminal problems and we have to consider them. Then we have also the deafness problem. Okay, we are trying to communicate to a node and it results that this node is in another channel and cannot hear me. So we have to face also these kind of problems. And finally, broadcast support. In in particular, in sensor networks, it's very important to be able to support broadcast. For instance, if we want to make a decision from a neighboring uh, group of sensor nodes, they have to communicate between each other. And then they maybe want to communicate the resulting information to the sync. So it's not always the case in which we want to transmit all the messages generated to the sync, but we want to arrive to a consensus in a particular neighborhood. So it's also important to try to support this kind of traffic. So trying to see how can we adapt the different protocols to multi-channel operation, what we are doing now is try to focus on some particular things. So we are focusing on dynamic channel assessment uh, assignment also only. So there are some protocols that just define, okay, let's put this transmitter in this channel, this receiver in this other channel and maintain that for uh, the entire network lifetime. So we are more interested on that kind of protocols that <coughs> can change the channel for every packet transmission, okay? because this provides more flexibility to the network. And then we are also interested in trying to avoid the common control channel. There are some protocols that define, okay, this is the common control channel, is the same channel for all the network or for a particular neighborhood, and they are all going to use the same channel. So this is not very flexible, neither. Also, to, if we want to change this channel based on the conditions of the different channels, we, we still need a channel to communicate that, to make this decision. So we try to avoid that problems and only consider that protocols that are not based on a common control channel. So now the problems that we have are the following. I want to transmit something. I don't know if the receiver is awake, but I also don't know where is the receiver listening. I don't know the channel. So we have these two problems now. So there are now some protocols already defined for that. They also support multi-channel operation, but then let's see what happens with these protocols. Most of them are based on TDMA, okay? And TDMA is good, but for sensor networks it's not so good. First of all, we need very precise synchronization. And with the clocks that we have, this is not very simple. We have to maintain the synchronization. We have to define a protocol. We have to run it. This means that there is more energy consumed for that. So it's not very easy. And most, or, most of them are based on centralized solutions. So I send all the information to the central unit. The central unit computes the channel, uh, the channel and the slot assignment. And then this is returned to the sensor nodes. And then most of the asynchronous protocols that are defined for multi-channel operation are based on a common control channel. And they normally do just transmit the long preamble in the common control channel and then change to another channel for the data transmission. It's the, it's the, uh, the operation that two of these, these protocols provide. 
So there are very few protocols that are not based on common control channel and that are asynchronous. Okay? I'm referring always to asynchronous protocols because they provide quite a lot of flexibility here. We don't need precise synchronization, so for the sensor networks are very good. But in fact, one of the most successful is this one here, the MMAC protocol. It's based on the receiver-initiated protocol, so this means that broadcast is not supported. Well, let's say that broadcast is not efficiently supported. We can support it, but we have to send repetitions to every receiver. Okay? We just wake up because we receive a beacon from a receiver, but this means that it's unicast transmission. So if I want to transmit to two receivers, I have to wake up again and wait for the beacon of the other receiver. So we have to send repetitions. And there are also problems involved with uh, efficiency. In this kind of protocols, every node is sending one beacon every time it wakes up. So that means that if the traffic load is increasing, we have to send for every node a beacon and then the data. This means that we can arrive to congestion uh, before. So this is what we want to address. So we want to try to work with asynchronous or at least not uh, TDMA protocols that can support broadcast and that we try to make them efficient. So this is the main idea. So let's move to the idea that we have now in mind to try to solve that problems. So the motivation is that, okay, maybe for a multi-channel operation, is it good to have a beacon transmission? So it's good to have a mechanism that is based on the receiver-initiated approach. Why? Because in beacons we can include some useful information, like the channel quality that a particular node uh, is seeing, or not only one channel, the list of channels that a particular node sees as good. So it seems that it can be useful for that kind of scenarios. But we have the problems that I have already told you. Everyone has to send a beacon and broadcast is not supported. So let's see how can we solve that. So the idea is, okay, why not trying to combine these two protocols that I have uh, explained to you before? Why don't try to combine the receiver-initiated approach with some kind of coordination, so to make them all wake up at the same time, or more or less at the same time? So by doing this, okay, let's say, how can we do it because, uh, to make it clearer? So here we have the regular receiver-initiated approach. Everyone is sending a beacon here, then they go to sleep, and then they send a beacon again. Okay? And everyone is doing the same. This is just for one simple, one, with one, one channel only. And then in the schedule uh, channel pooling, we have that all of them wake up here, then we send a tone, and this data can be received by every, everyone. So the idea will be make everyone be awake here and then transmit a beacon. Okay? But if more than one transmits a beacon, they will collide. So let's say that here only node one transmits a beacon, then they all go to sleep, then they wake up again, all of them, but only node two transmits the beacon. So if we want to transmit data, we can do it here, and this data can be received by everyone. Okay? So then they all go to sleep, and then node 3 transmits the next beacon. And this cycle is going to be repeated over time. Imagine that we only have three nodes, so we are going to trans uh, repeat this cycle. 
So, okay, the benefit is more or less what I have already told, told you, but there are also some benefits about because if we send a beacon and I have a new node joining the network, it, ca it can know by just receiving the beacon where are the others waking up, which are the channels that they are using and when they wake up. So the, it can join easily the network. Also by using these beacons in this specific uh, protocol, we can include the synchronization information. Okay? It's not going to be a very precise synchronization in the network, but at least we need some synchronization because they have to wake up more or less at the same time. So in this, the beacons can be used for that. And also we can include the list of channels that we see. Broadcast is naturally supported in this protocol and we expect less saturation because we are only sending one beacon per period. But the problem is, okay, in reality, it's not very simple to combine these two because how can we coordinate the beacon transmissions? How can we make that only one of them transmits the beacon at this particular wake-up period? There are also problems related to how can we decide the channels that this, this group of nodes are going to follow? How, ca how can we change uh, the channels that we are using? So how can we make the group of nodes that are following this schedule change to a different type of channels, whatever. So the problem is really uh, quite big. So what we have done now it's okay, so just try to reduce the problem and start looking at single channel. Okay, so maybe this deceives a lot of, of you, but this is the idea. The motivation of this protocol is to work in multiple channels, but then we have to start looking at the problems one by one. So let's focus on a single channel for now. So in a single channel, the problem is only that how can we coordinate beacon transmissions? And we thought, okay, why don't you use uh, learning-based approaches that are already used for wireless LAN? So in wireless LAN, if we use a learning-based approach, we try to transmit in a slot, and then if we are successful, we repeat transmitting in the same slot in the next cycles. So this is mainly the idea. Let's make sensor nodes transmit a beacon probabilistically in one of the wake-up periods, and then if they success, let's repeat that in the next cycles. But then we have two problems here. The first one is that beacons are broadcast. Okay? When we are in wireless LAN, it's very easy, at least. We can send a message, and if we receive the acknowledgement, okay, we are done. This transmission was successful. But in this case, it's not the same. We are sending broadcast messages. So what does success mean here? And then also in wireless LAN, we always said, okay, it's not so a big deal if we have a schedule length that is very large because the empty periods in the schedule are very short. So the efficiency is not uh, affected very much. But here, this is, uh, it's very important to maintain the size of the schedule equal or more or less equal to the number of uh, sensors that we have because otherwise we can lose the synchronization. Okay? If I'm relying on the other beacon transmissions to keep my clock synchronized to this schedule, if there are a lot of empty wake-up periods, maybe I will lose the synchronization. So these are the two problems that we are facing in single channel. So okay, let's try to reduce a little bit more the problem, okay? We were talking just about single channels, so now let's talk only about 
when we have all of nodes in coverage range. Okay? For sense of networks, this is not very useful. I mean, we always try to work with multi-hub networks, but at least for trying to see which are the problems, what we can do, and then to extend that for multi-hub, let's focus now on a, uh, when all nodes can see each other. And also let's consider ideal channel conditions. So we have one good thing here. Beacons are sent in broadcast, so this for the point of view of the protocol is not very good, but they are control messages. So that means that we can include some useful information of them, on them. We can include the schedule length and also the schedule order. So we can rely on that. If I'm a new node, I send a beacon and then I wait for the next beacon to be received. When I receive it, I can check it. If I'm already included in the beacon order, that means that my beacon was successful. So we can say that we can rely on the information seen by the others. So now assuming ideal channel conditions, if I receive the next beacon and in, I'm included on it, I can just be sure that my transmission was okay. And then we can also adapt the schedule length based on that. So we are sending the order, we know which are the empty wake up periods in the schedule, so we can adjust the length of the schedule based on this. If there are a lot of empty wake up periods, we can reduce the length. If the schedule is already full, we can increase the length. Okay, so what we have done now, it's, okay, since we have this knowledge, uh, this knowledge of uh, the occupied and the empty wake up periods, we can use the zero collision protocol. Okay, that means that I'm only going to try to transmit a beacon in one empty wake-up period, but I'm not going to transmit in one wake-up period that is already occupied. Okay. And then we are going to use this protocol with uh, unitary adaptation of the schedule length. Okay. This is because we need this precise uh, schedule length uh, adaptation. So this is mainly the idea, and we have used the learning uh, zero collision protocol because it allows us to improve the convergence. So here we have just a simulation in a, in a coastal simulator in MATLAB, it's just very easy. We increase the number of nodes, we have different uh, schedule length, and we see the number of uh, schedules to convergence. And you can see that in general they are very low. And for sensor networks this is very good, because we are expecting to have not very dynamic sensors, uh, networks. So we deploy the network, they reach convergence and this can be maintained for a long time. So, in general, these are a very good result for sensor networks. Okay, so let's see the first results that we have. So we are assuming a sensor networks in which everyone can see each other. We have placed 10 nodes in the network and we have analyzed the system analytically. We have assumed that we have the ideal schedule length and that we operate in a steady state conditions. Okay? As I've told you, for sensor networks we don't expect too much dynamics there, so for the moment that's good. And we have uh, analyzed the system with two different transceivers. These here are the parameters for the CC100 and here the CC2420. And what we can see, the main differences are the data rate. This is the time I need to transmit uh, 
a byte. You can see that here the data rate is increased. And then there are also differences in the power consumption. In this new transceiver, we spend more energy receiving than transmitting. And this is because in the, the receiver chain is more sophisticated, so we need more energy to do that. And these are the main differences. You can also see here the, the length of the data that we have used, the beacon, and the length of the synchronization information that we include in beacons. Okay, so what we have here is, okay, let's change the data generation interval. So here we have very low loads, and here we increase the load. And let's see the energy consumption per second. Okay, and this is done with optimal wake-up period. Remember that the wake-up period is not the same as the cycle. So we are sending a beacon periodically, so the wake-up period will be this time here. That is different from the cycle. The cycle is when I'm going to repeat that for, and I'm going to repeat the nodes transmitting at the same place. So we have computed the optimal wake-up period here, and let's uh, see at the, the energy consumption. So we have compared the energy consumption for the receiver-initiated approach with unicast traffic, the receiver-initiated approach with broadcast traffic, so we are sending repetitions of the packet, and then we have here, and they are very close, the energy transmission, uh, the energy consumption by SCP and the combination of both. Okay? So our proposal will be the last one. So what we can see here is that this is for the first transceiver, the CC1000. We are having the more or less the same energy consumption than SCP-MAC. But this is a very good result because SCP-MAC does a very good work with energy consumption. So for now that's good, but it's even better with the new transceiver. In this case, since the data rate is higher, we can transmit the beacon very fast. So we allow us to reduce the energy consumption, as you can see here. Okay? It's not much, but at least we can reduce the energy consumption if compared with one of the protocols that does a very good work with energy reduction. So this is the mainly the idea. Any question till now? How do you calculate the curves? The curves are just calculated uh, uh, accounting for how long you are in every mode. Assuming it's steady state and that you're not So that's more or less everything. So as a conclusion, let's say that we are trying to combine both receiver-initiated and scheduled approaches with the main goal to use them in multi-channel operation because we think that sending beacons can be useful for that and also combining, uh, also coordinating the sensor nodes can be useful to support broadcast. Um, we have seen that one of the main issues is how to coordinate sensor nodes to transmit uh, only one beacon uh, at every wake-up period. And at the end, for the reduced problems, so when we are looking at um, single channel and single hop networks, we have very good results in energy consumption. Okay, especially when we have broadcast traffic, you have seen that uh, with broadcast, broadcast traffic, we have a very increased energy consumption. 
And it's also important to note that if compared to the only the scheduled channel pooling protocol, we can reduce the energy consumption in newer radios. So this is a very good result. But there is a lot of work to do now. So we, you have seen that we have reduced the problem a lot. So now the idea is, okay, just focusing on single channel operation, we have to deal with non-ideal channel conditions. Okay? In this case, the stickness of the protocol can help because we can still remain on the same wake-up period even if we are not included in next peak on transmissions. It's very important for us to improve the protocol and design, make the, the, the design considerations needed to support multi-hop networks. And here we are thinking about making groups of nodes. So we have a multi-hop network and then we are going to divide the network in groups and they follow uh, the same schedule. We will be able to support broadcast more efficiently, but still we have to, if, if I'm a node in, a in the border of two different schedules, I will need to transmit different packets for every schedule. But at least that can be better than transmitting to every one of my neighbors. Then we also have to deal with uh, nodes entering or leaving the network. Okay? And then for the multi-channel operation, we think that the first part is more, more important. And then when we have there this done, we are going to move to multi-channel operation. Here we are, we are thinking about instead of sending one single beacon, we are going to send a burst of beacons. This is only because if there is a new node joining the network and I only send one beacon at a particular channel, it will be very difficult for it to uh, find the others. So if we send a burst of beacons, this will allow a sensor node joining the network to find the others faster. And then we, are also, we, we also have to think about the selection, the selection of the channels to use and how we are going to change the channels. But at least for the selection of the channels to use, MMAC, the protocol that I uh, told you about before, does already a good work in that area. So we can just take some of the ideas it is implementing and try to implement them also. But here the problems will be, okay, just try to make a decision, a common decision for a group of sensor nodes. So let's see which are the channels that everyone sees as good and then try to make a common decision. And we will also have to handle what happens if uh, there is no common channel that works well for, for everyone. So this is mainly all the work that is uh, still uh, needed. So that's everything. I, I will be glad to, to answer your questions, to comment something with you, and if you have critics, whatever, please tell me. Okay. Well, in fact, the coordination can also be used for single channel, but the main idea is to use this protocol with multiple channels. So the protocol can yeah, but the protocol can also be used. Single channel is not good enough, and you are trying to replace single with multiple channels. Is that right? Well, um, and then uh, do you have evidence showing that single channel just not enough for application. Well, I'm not saying that it's not enough. The idea is not to use multiple channels to increase the, the efficiency, to transmit more. 
the idea is to select the channel that I see with uh, better quality. Yeah, I see. But does, say, do you have like application? Do, do you have like even one thing application that really requires the multi-channel capability that you like? Yeah, just imagine a smart city with lot of sensor nodes placed there with Wi-Fi interference. So in these kind of places, I think it's very important to the sensor nodes are able to select which channel is better to communicate, mainly because they are very affected uh, by interference of the others, especially Wi-Fi. So in a crowded, in a city, in a crowded, crowded scenario, in a building, this is the. Yeah, how many channels? In CC2420, we have 16 channels available. Can, can I ask you about um, you have the schedule length rotation, which is obviously crucial. Um, and I presume, I got a little bit confused, but I presume it's a schedule for uh, who transmits each week. So yeah. You mean data network, and we're trying to settle on an order, basically. So it's an order rather than a schedule. But I was wondering. Uh, who decides that how that schedule length should be uh, adapted? Things are kind of decentralized. I mean, I don't trust Dave. I don't know yeah, for now, that. when everyone sees each other, it's very clear. And so they, okay. if we have a network and everyone sees the transmissions of the others, if I see that there is another one coming and there is the, the schedule is already full, they all decide the same. So the decisions are the same for everyone. But I thought the idea was, for instance, um, you and Dave are communicating. I try to join the network. So basically, I annoy Dave by uh, interrupting his beacon. Mm -hmm. So is it that you now see, you see, you won't see that I annoyed his beacon, right? So, because there's no hacking, right? Because yes. you're broadcast. So we had filled one another, and then Christina's beacon shows that the last one was lost. Oh, when it gets around to it. When it gets around to it. So then we both know, oh, there was a problem. So the thing is, who does that? So the point is, everybody else. We have to communally do that at the moment. Community does it simultaneously, so it's as it well. Right? It's not like it's whoever's next in the schedule. It's that everybody. Yeah. So that means everybody has to be hearing. Everybody has to wake up for each beacon and see what happens. And there could be drift in that if there's. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you need to have some synchronization to stop. No problems or yeah, that's that's it, is the problem. That when we are not assuming that everyone can see each other, then we can have differences in this schedule order. So we have to, to deal with it and try to make all of them make the same decisions. And maybe not in one round, but at least in different rounds they can reach the, the schedule. But I guess the only reason we need something that looks like ZC Mac is if multiple people join the network at the single instance. Because otherwise, it it's, simple. Simple. Yeah. it's very, very simple because you introduce it, you slot, yeah. and then it's apparent that it should be. How much information you can put in the beacon? I mean, well, for now we define the beacon, so in fact we can put uh, the information that we want. I mean, but the problem, you but you define it. It's not a protocol that it's already defined and you have the length already done. It's you define it. If you want to add an, an extra field, you can do it. But the problem is that if you are making it very long, then it's it's going to be costly to transmit it because we transmit beacons every wake-up video. Christina is sitting down the end, if anybody yeah. wants to go through, and uh, let's start rocking.